Hey, welcome to Ask a Pastor. Uh, thank you for taking some time to be a part of this uh, podcast or broadcast or however you're receiving this content. If you do listen uh, via podcast, it would be great if you take a few moments just to go in and give this a couple of stars. If you like it, give it a lot of stars. If you don't, give it a few stars. But any stars are helpful because as people then search for uh, podcasts, it helps it just climb the, the list a little bit and more and more people will be able to access the content. If you have questions, please send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com. Uh, so many of you have sent questions, uh, people inside Orchard Hill, people who are from uh, far away and could never physically be here. So thank you for sending questions. And if you've sent a question, we haven't gotten to it yet, we will get to it in the coming weeks as we continue to, uh, to drop the, the content. I think most Fridays it comes out, and so that's how you can, can get that. Today I'm joined by Emily D'Angelo. Welcome, Emily. Thank you. Emily uh, joined our staff at Orchard Hill this summer. Uh, she is uh, directing our women's ministries along with Joanne Adams and doing a great job uh, leading that, also helping with, with our life stage uh, assimilation and care and has been just a great uh, addition to our team at Orchard Hill. And so today I'm gonna ask Emily a few questions and we're going to interact about them. So Emily, the first question has to do with choosing a church, which you actually just went through yourself not long ago because you're newer to the area. Uh, and the question was this, somebody said, I moved from Wexford and I can't seem to find a church that's anything like Orchard Hill. And they said, what should I look for in a church and how can I look without trying like, like doing the 17 weeks in a row, going to 17 churches. So what, uh, what would you kind of advise or counsel somebody if they asked you that question? This is a good question. And I would advise that person to think about four things. To think about um, the worship experience and how your heart engages with God in worship. To think about the teaching. Um, does it line up with your thoughts biblically? Is it Christ-centered and biblically-centered? To think about um, how you can engage with the community in a, a small group, um, meaningful relationships. And also, um, really important thing to think about is how can you serve using your mm. unique gifts. So when we were searching for a church, you know, we came here in January, um, we, our first step was to, to look at um, Orchard Hill Church's vision statement, mission statement. And we were very interested in the fact that Orchard Hill looks, um, seeks to be a, a culturally, a, help me out with the- Relevant, this, yeah, relevant, doctrinally pure. Doctrinally yeah. pure and um, a contemporary biblical community. And the, the cultural relevance was really important to our teenager, but the um, biblical pureness was really important to my husband and me. And we learned in the process that we wanted to um, ask everybody in the family to weigh in on this decision because mm -hmm. we were not just choosing a church, but really thinking about a community where we could get engaged and use our gifts. Mm -hmm. So we also looked at the vision statement or the mission statement and Orchard Hill seeks to help people find and follow Jesus. So we asked the question, could we contribute to that? And could we participate in that? If the answer is yes, then that is the, perhaps the church for you. So I would encourage this family that moved away from Orchard Hill to, to write down as a family the things that they found important at Orchard Hill and to seek God in prayer on leading them to the next church. Um, to start in their neighborhood, we came to Orchard Hill because our neighbors invited us. And this is a place where we've invited our neighbors to mm. come to. Mm -hmm. And this is a place where we right away were able to use our individual gifts. Yeah. So what, um, 
That's very helpful. What do you think are some of the mistakes people make when they start to look for a church? Like, where do they get kind of make a choice and then say, oh, maybe we shouldn't have chosen that. What, what, what do you see there? I think a, a primary mistake is thinking about church as you would think about going through maybe a fast food um, restaurant line, mm-hmm. drive through line and something to consume. And so because inevitably the worship service or the pastor's teaching might let you down at some point. Mm-hmm. So then you're going to go somewhere else. I would think instead to think more importantly about um, the, like I said, the, the, the biblical teaching as a whole and the community of people. I think we need to remind ourselves again and again that church is not a building, it's a group of people, mm-hmm. God's people coming together to worship God and to know who he is and what he's done in the person of Jesus for us. And if the church community that you um, visit is that place where you can grow and nurture your children spiritually, then that is, is a God-honoring place to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, as I've watched people choose churches, I would say there's, there's two things that people kind of can get off on. Um, not that there aren't more, but one is they don't consider the doctrine enough. And what I mean is they go and they say, well, it's a Christian church. It believes basic doctrine. And so then they, they, they establish themselves in that church. And then years later, they say, wow, I didn't know that that was part of it. And then all of a sudden, it's hard to leave relationally and probably not right necessarily even to leave at that point, but, but, but it's impacted your family at a doctrinal level in a way that you didn't even anticipate. And then the other thing that, that I would say is sometimes people judge it all on what I'd call kind of the externals, meaning, you know, do we like the buildings, the music good, does the pastor make us laugh, you know, those kinds of things, which are all good, but I think you said it well, really church is a group of people coming together. And so it is ultimately about who am I going to engage in life with? Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes what happens is people don't actually think that piece through. And some of that isn't just about, oh, am I going to have people who, who are like me and I like being around? But it's much bigger than that saying, who am I going to be formed by? And so looking and saying, um, how do I... How do I put myself in a place where, where not just the official ministry, but the people who make this up are the kinds of people that I want to become? I was actually in my small group this morning with a group of guys that I've met with for, for a while, and we're talking about one issue in parenting. And I heard myself say, you know, there's an older couple that, that I had sat with years ago in this church who, who had helped me in my parenting with something very specific that they didn't even hardly realize but it was because I was in community with them and not like every week, every day, but just knowing them, sitting down, talking to them. And all of a sudden they said something that stuck in my mind that has had a lasting impact on my mm-hmm. parenting. And, and I think those are the things that sometimes we, we don't value enough or consider enough how much those things will shape us. But, but it, it, it takes kind of the intentional, intentionality of saying, what are the people like who are here? And then how do I put myself in a place where, where I have those moments with people? So any other thoughts on, on that, that? I think subject? also really thinking about um, not what, what can I get from church, but what can I give to this mm-hmm. community mm-hmm. as far as being intentional in relationships 
and the give and take of that and living life together and caring for one another and serving using our gifts. Yeah. We've been blessed to be a part of churches in the past. We raised a musical family and they were mm -hmm. able to use their musical gifts in church and what mm -hmm. a blessing that was for us because it grew them up mm -hmm. to know that they can serve now, mm -hmm. even as young children and now as young adults, they're able to, that's yeah. part of their yeah. church experience. Yeah, yeah, I, well you said it earlier when when you approach it as a consumer, it's a whole different thing. And, and that's a easy place to be to say, I go to church to get my spiritual stuff fed to me rather than I participate, I'm part of something. And those two things are radically different. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody else writes, uh, I have three children, two adult children, uh, one is in his teens. My kids are mixed in their views of church and faith. What do you think is the most important thing in keeping faith as an option in my kids' lives? So, so it sounds like somebody's saying, in essence, I have kids. My kids aren't probably as engaged as I am or want them to be in church and personal faith. Uh, so how do you go about probably, and it's probably two, two phase here, adult children, how do I try to help them stay engaged uh, when obviously I don't have any real, um, you know, power to say, hey, you're coming with me, and then how do I help younger children kind of engage or stay engaged as they go? What, what's your thoughts on that? I think that the most important thing we can do as parents for our children is pray for them because mm -hmm. ultimately it, God's responsible for their salvation and for mm -hmm. drawing them to him. And we have an amazing opportunity as parents to nurture our kids by just showing them what, what, what faith looks like mm -hmm. in our home and even beyond our home. I think that um, with our own kids personally, that we get to stay engaged with them as they have left the home by, you know, in simple ways of nurturing their faith by calling, I think about calling our son in Colorado and praying for him before he starts his new job mm -hmm. or before he goes in for hand surgery. Mm -hmm. um, it means, you know, engaging with my daughter, my adult daughter who lives far away in asking her to do a, a study that I'm engaged with so mm -hmm. that when we talk on the phone, we talk about what God's teaching mm -hmm. us about his character and what he's done for mm -hmm. us in Christ. In our home, it's almost easier because we have that day-to-day -day interactions with our mm -hmm. kids. Um, currently, my husband is teaching our youngest little boy about um, reading just a psalm a day, mm -hmm. and he models it for him, but he also sits down with him and does it mm -hmm. with him writing down maybe their anxious thoughts and their prayers and uh, writing down what they're thankful for, just making it a practice in our home so that when he launches someday, he has that habit that he's yeah. formed. Honestly, I think it's, it's harder, more of a challenge for those kids who have walked away from our faith. Mm -hmm. And I understand that struggle real well. And I um, have found that for our family, loving the person in spite of their faith preference, loving the child and caring mm -hmm. for them is our opportunity to show them this unconditional love from our perfect father. Mm -hmm. It's a picture of a relationship that we want them to have with God, but we get to model it for them in unconditional love. Just engage those kids in conversation about what they think and what they're struggling with in honest Honesty, let them be free to explore faith and ask hard questions yeah. that we've learned along the way. And um, I was just reading in Hebrews 3 yesterday about um, this idea of people, kids walking, children walking away from the Lord mm. is as old as the time of Moses. Mm -hmm. And But there's good news in that he, he tells us, the, the writer of Hebrews, to daily encourage truth in right. those people who are walking away. So that 
is my takeaway from my reading to just daily be intentional about sharing what God is doing in my life and what he's yeah. done for me with our kids. Yeah, no, that's good. That's really helpful. I love just saying a lot of times we think we can control it and to say, this is God's God. I'm going to mm -hmm. pray and ask you to do it. Uh, one thing I do know is that nagging does not work. Right. Um, a lot of times, especially as kids get older, parents will try the uh, let me tell you what you should do. And rarely is that helpful. Um, and and in many ways, if your kids are adults, if if they haven't come to that point already, then all you really can do is is try in your own way to model, encourage and pray for. I think when kids are, are a little younger, you do have some opportunities uh, to model differently. And what I mean by this is, is at least where Orchard Hill Wexford is situated, uh, people have a lot of options, especially on weekends. Kids' sports dominate uh, a lot of people's weekend schedule. And what that communicates subtly to your kids, and, and I live the same thing, is your sports schedules are more important than family worshiping together at church. or or you come to church and you're kind of indifferent when you're in church. There's something about your kids seeing you passionately engaging in, in the worship time, uh, sitting and taking in uh, the teaching with an open Bible, open phone, whatever it is that, that you use that says, I'm engaging with this because what it communicates is something that's really substantial. And so what, what we have a lot of times, and certainly I, you know, if your kids have walked away, it may have nothing to do with this. In fact, we're told in Isaiah 1 that the Lord had children and his children rebelled against him. And what that means is that God is the perfect father, has children who rebel, which means you could be the perfect parent and still have kids who rebel. And, and I think that's an important word because there's never a helpful thing in going back and saying, if I had. But, but if you're in the middle of it, what, what I want to say is don't, don't underestimate the importance of that because I do see a lot of parents who, who faith is very important to them in their minds and in their hearts, but in their schedules and in their practice, it doesn't always add up the same way. And then they're surprised when their kids emulate their practice and their schedules rather than their heart and their intention. And, and what that does is it creates this, this disconnect for a kid where they say, oh, faith is important to mom and dad, but we only go to church, we only worship, we only do it once a month because we're too busy doing other things. At some point, what they've done is they've picked up the, the feeling that, that's deeper inside um, the practice rather than, than what's been said or, or communicated or even what's in the heart. But, but I, I, I do love that verse in Isaiah because the idea of just saying, saying even if I do everything right, I may have kids who, who don't come to a point of, of saving faith and, and to be able to be um, loving and, and not even loving, because of course you love your kid, but, but to communicate that there's no level of acceptance that's based on whether or not you affirm what I affirm, mm -hmm. uh, whether or not you believe what I believe. And, and I would think that's probably, probably where the mm -hmm. challenge is sometimes, because if you do believe it passionately for yourself, then you want your kids to, to get it and understand it mm -hmm. as well. So do you have any other thoughts on that? Well, a friend from Orchard Hill reminded me just the other day of the persistent prayer of St. Augustine's mm. mother, how she prayed mm. for her children to accept this gift of salvation for years. Mm -hmm. And we know that St. Augustine is, is mm -hmm. made an impact and influence mm -hmm. for 
Christianity and history, and so God heard her prayers mm -hmm. and blessed her with a son who grew up to know the Lord and make him known to others. So that inspires me to just continually just keep, pray. Keep praying. And trust yeah. God with my kids. Good, mm -hmm. good. Uh, somebody has written this question, I can't seem to be able to have any consistency in my own devotions. And if you're not familiar with the idea of devotions, uh, probably what this person's uh, referring to is just uh, personally reading the Bible, praying. Uh, in other words, what they're saying is, I, I hear people say this is important, but in my own practice, it's hard to continue to do this. Uh, so it says here, what direction can you offer me? What, what would you encourage or speak to on that? So I have a lot to say about this, but I know we have limited time. So I'm going to keep it to two tips um, okay. on this. And my two tips are AM and accountability. So okay. I think that the very best way to start the day is in God's word, mm -hmm. learning from him and having communication with him. And I, the, I know that Psalm 5.3 says, in the morning, God hears my voice. In the morning, I make my request known to him. And then I wait expectantly. Mm -hmm. And that's how I like to form the habit of this daily intentionality of growing mm -hmm. my faith and knowing who he is and what he's done mm -hmm. for me in Christ. And I think it's important to happen in the morning because sometimes life happens and we get distracted or interrupted, but we have other opportunities during the day to get back to it mm -hmm. if we don't get to it in the morning. And I also think it's important in the morning because then we have something to think about. And for me personally, I write it down what I learn about God and I, along with what I'm thankful for and my prayer requests. And then I, I'm more inclined to remember what I've mm -hmm. learned. And I have this, the part of the waiting expectantly is giving, asking God for an opportunity to share that truth with somebody, whether it's a family member or a friend mm -hmm. or a neighbor. And a lot of times he recalls what I learned about him in the morning and integrates that into conversation. And it's an opportunity to share my faith with others mm -hmm. because I've been intentional and set a habit in mm -hmm. the morning. So I think another key is accountability, asking someone who is also committed to daily time in God's word and prayer to hold me accountable and I will hold them accountable. Currently I have a friend from home and, and we are both reading the same passages of scripture, the mm -hmm. same Bible reading plans. And we write our insights down and we share so with one another. it helps you just to say, I know I'm going to be asked about this. Yes, I know I'm going to mm -hmm. be asked. She's counting on hearing from me. Right. And she's counting on hearing from me in the morning. Yeah. And so that's been helpful to me. Um, years ago when our kids were little, we didn't have the privilege of mom and dad being home at breakfast. And so the way we managed that was I knew at dinner time dad was going to ask the kids and me what we learned about God from our reading that day. Right. So that held me accountable in the morning to spend time in God's word and okay. praying with the kids. So I would encourage the reader to find someone who is as committed to this consistency and ask them to partner up in accountability mm -hmm. to um, learn from one another. It's amazing then what the blessings of giving and right. receiving what we've learned about God right. and what he's done for us. Okay. You know, it's interesting because um, I think what happens is we find a rhythm and then we say this, this works, but everyone really has to find their own mm -hmm. rhythm. And, and what I mean by that is, is for some people, morning may not work best. Um, and you can read the Psalms and actually say, well, at an evening, he sought the Lord. And <laughs> right. so maybe, maybe that's a, a better practice. And mm -hmm. the truth is it can be uh, different for different people. Mm -hmm. what, what seems significant to me is, is that you have the right perspective on it. And, and what I mean by that is, is so often 
it seems that what happens is it becomes another have to for a lot of people. Mm. And that isn't altogether bad because somehow when it's spiritually a have to, we're like, oh, that's bad, that's bad. If I don't want to, then I shouldn't. But we have all kinds of have to's in our lives mm -hmm. and we're okay with it. Um, you know, a lot of people will commit to, to a certain workout schedule. Well, you don't feel like working out every time you get up in mm -hmm. the morning and say, oh, I can't wait to work out. Some days you do, and other days you say, well, maybe I'll do it. it but if you don't put it on your schedule, if you don't create a rhythm right. for it, then it doesn't happen. And, exactly. and to me, I think what, what is substantial is that you, you say, this is a rhythm I want in my life because I realize what benefits come to me, just like I would with exercise. So I'm mm -hmm. not going to miss it even when I don't feel like it, just like I won't miss exercise even when I don't feel like it, because I know that if I stop exercising someday, I won't be able to, to, to do certain things. And mm -hmm. if I stop connecting to God someday, there will be a miss. And, and what's hard about that is just like exercise, if I miss a workout or two, nothing happens. If you miss a day or two of reading your Bible, nothing really happens. Um, but if you miss it for a week or for a month or consistently, then you're in a, in a spot where all of a sudden you realize I'm short, I'm, I'm testy, I'm, I'm full of doubt, I'm full of, you know, uh, thoughts that aren't honoring to, to who God is or who he made me to be. And that's when all of a sudden it catches up to you. And, and I like what you said about accountability. I do accountability a little differently. I do keep a journal. Mm -hmm. And uh, and one of the things that I do is I just any time that I don't spend time uh, at enough of a level where I have something to write down, I just write in my journal. Today I did not take time to pray or to read my Bible. And what's funny about that is is I tell myself I can write that down as many times as I want, like like it's an okay thing to write down. But how many times I'm ready to write that down and I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm going to spend some time praying or reading my Bible until I have even just a sentence or two to write down uh, mm -hmm. that says, here's a thought that, that God kind of unveiled to me as I, as I was thinking that through here today. And, and I've found that to be very helpful without even another person. It's just like, mm -hmm. like, because, you know, you look at your journal and you see that written down a few right. times in a row and you start going, nah, maybe it would be good today if I, if I create some time. And, and then the one other thing I've found helpful personally uh, I like how you do the morning. I'm really good at, at scheduling my life and keeping a commitment once I've made it, an mm -hmm. appointment. Mm -hmm. um, not that that's a skill, that's just showing up. But, but what I do is I actually schedule time um, to make sure I have some space with God. Because once I do it, then I think, well, I'm not going to not keep a commitment just like I wouldn't keep, like I wouldn't miss a breakfast with a friend mm -hmm. once I wrote it down. Mm -hmm. um, and so if I write it into my schedule, that actually, again, helps me. Whereas if I don't write it in, what I end up doing is I end up running about my day and then you get to the end of the day and I start writing down, I did not have time today or mm -hmm. I did not take time today. And so that, that I've been, I, I found helpful, but, but it all really does come back to that want to, to saying, saying this is of enough value that this has to get into my, my, my world. The, 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 the one thing I've seen people do too when they get excited about this sometimes is is they'll overshoot and what i mean by that is they'll they'll say okay i should spend time with the lord and all of a sudden it'll be i need to get up at five in the morning and spend an hour rather than than starting something that's small and sustainable 
um, and, and they can do. And probably, again, similar to exercise. If somebody gets out of the exercise habit and they're like, I'm doing six days a week, an hour and a half a day, mm -hmm. um, all of a sudden there's no, um, it's hard to keep that up. But if they get back by saying, I'm going to do 10, 15 minutes, and then I'm going to build, mm -hmm. then you can build back to, to where you want to be. So, so yeah, that's a, it's an interesting topic. I think we need to leave it there. We're, we're out of time. Thank you for uh, taking a few minutes with us today uh, on Ask a Pastor. If you have questions, you can send them to askapastor at orchardhillchurch.com, and we'd be happy to interact with them in the future. Emily, thank you for, uh, for taking some time and being part of this today. Thank you for inviting me.